0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Latch Mama podcast. Um, Melissa here. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, the Latch Mama podcast is really directed towards moms um, and parents kind of in the trenches of motherhood. Um, Today, we have an awesome guest. Um, Amanda is here to come kind of talk to us a little bit about all the stuff we normally talk about, um, pregnancy, birth, postpartum. um, And we're going to kind of focus on kind of that postpartum time and maybe some mental health stuff having to do with it. You're listening to Latch Mama podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, busy mom of six and owner of latchmama.com. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, breastfeeding, postpartum, and all things motherhood. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Hello. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Um, thanks for being here. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am a wife, a mom of two. I live just outside Atlanta,
1: Georgia, and I'm a childbirth educator and a content creator. So I spend majority of my time talking about birth, postpartum, parent mental health in
0: some form or fashion. I love it. Um, it sounds like we could be friends if we were closer. Um, I feel like that's my life, too. It's all the content all the time. Um, tell me a little bit about kind of your story and how you got started. I feel like all of our roads to kind of supporting moms are look a little differently, um, but I'm sure it had a little bit to do with your own journey in motherhood.
1: Yes, 100%. Yep.
0: It started <laughs> with,
1: you know, wanting to have kids, then having the... A fortunate experience of getting pregnant and then thinking about, hmm, how's this baby gonna come out? <laughs> and <laughs> just starting to research, you know, what my options were. I have rarely been the per the type of person who was like about to do something or was in the middle of doing something without doing a crap ton of research while I was doing it about the thing I was gonna do. So that's what happened to me when I was pregnant with my daughter, um, my first. And I decided that I wanted to have some some choice in the matter as far as like, you know, where I gave birth, with whom, to have a a support person with us, with my husband and me. So I had a Mm -hmm. doula and um that really started me down this path because i realized that there were a lot of choices that weren't um i don't know mainstream for lack of a better Mm -hmm. phrase and then um when i had my son i took a different childbirth course so i took one before i had my daughter then another before i had my son and um and i just was fascinated fascinated by birth by the process. I mean, I call it the most common miracle. Like it happens a lot, but it's a miracle every time. And, um, and so I took birthing from within before I had my son and I was just like fell in love with that. And it, I mean, it's birthing from within has a lot of metaphors in it and it's like a giant metaphor for life. It's, it's way bigger than birth. And so that Mm -hmm. has applied to a lot of areas in my life. And, After I had my son, I left my corporate job for so many reasons that it would take up like five whole podcast episodes (laughs) just to talk about that. So I'll just leave it at that quick summary, footnote. And I decided like months and months later to start a podcast. And that eventually led me down the road to become a childbirth educator myself. Um, And then I realized that my obsession with birth and postpartum wasn't just relegated to my own experience and me being the one who gives birth. But I Uh kept wanting to talk about it, even when I decided, okay, I don't think that I ever want to give birth again. And I'm like, my family is complete. And here I am still talking about it, still loving talking about it. And I just, this is what I do every day.
0: Yeah. I love it. Um, you know, I think that, I mean, for those of you who've listened to this podcast before I say it all the time, like, I don't think we talk enough about it. Um, I think that we spend a lot of time as a society talking about like, what you're going to put the baby in when it comes home or like what the best car seat to buy is and there's some like very very important things that I feel like we could talk about more especially just that whole how is your baby going to come into the world is it going to be an empowering experience is it not going to be like what happens if things get turned on their head how can you have the support you need and I don't think you know when you look at kind of the broken maternal care system in the United States that we have and it's broken 17 million times over Um, it's interesting because I think not that I want to put the onus on women but if we can just kind of start shifting the way that we look at how to prepare women to have a child and really really truly starting to set people up to understand that there is an emotional and mental shift that happens as you give birth and afterwards, um, I think a lot of us would be a lot more prepared for what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible how we don't talk about it. We don't talk about the fact that a woman is a completely different person on the other side of childbirth than she was beforehand. Yeah,
1: I completely agree. Did you
0: find that with your with your kids? Oh yeah,
1: hundred percent. And the thing that you are alluding to that I just found out about a couple of years ago, there's like a term for it. I'm sure you're familiar yeah. with it, matrescence. And it's it's yeah. the it's basically like akin to anybody who's listening that doesn't know what it is or have never heard of this. Um, it's akin to adolescence. So instead of that transformation, you go from becoming a child to an adult Mm and an adult state of your body and your mind kind of morphing into one state that you were into the new state that you are. It's the same thing. One day you were not a parent with a child here Mm -hmm. on the earth on the outside. And then the next day you are. Mm -hmm. And like you said, that is an entire shift. That is a yeah. huge transformation. Like I even think of like, whenever I think about the term matrescence or patrescence, because I don't want to leave dads out or anybody that Absolutely. doesn't identify, you know, mom, dad, Absolutely. like as if a, yep. you are transforming as a parent, mm-hmm. like I I always visualize a butterfly. It sounds corny, but I, I envision like a caterpillar and then going through that, that transformation mm-hmm. into a butterfly. Like they're still the same entity as they were at their mm-hmm. core, but they are completely mm-hmm. different. And I also like to mm-hmm. think of postpartum as like that cocoon of like, you should cook. I want everybody to have an opportunity to be in a cocoon while they are in the middle of that transformation when they are like giving birth. And then they have that quiet, precious, period in solitude where they are just like transforming and becoming and becoming parents and like every single time because every time that you welcome a baby you are transforming in a different way because you're going from a family of three to a family of four to a family of mm-hmm. eventually
0: six or eight yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, so I it's so interesting am- yeah yeah no go ahead go ahead no 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 you go okay. ahead it's really interesting like when you actually look at And it's funny, I can just say this just because we homeschool our kids and we hatch butterflies every year. But just to take kind of the metaphor like one step further, when you do come at it, when you watch those butterflies come out of the cocoon, like all of their wings are are wrinkly. They can't fly immediately. They're covered in gunk and grossness. Like there's stuff that they still have to work through before they're fully flying and ready to go out. And I mean, we might be taking the metaphor a little too far, but nope. it's so true though. Like when you come out of that cocoon, it was interesting after I just, I mean, cause I'm seven months postpartum right now. I i mean, we're not having any more babies cause we have a ton of them. We have half a dozen at this point, <laughs> but I can tell you, I despise the postpartum period more than any other probably time in my life. I hate feeling uneasy. I hate feeling the hormonal shifts. Yeah. I hate whatever, but it's interesting because I remember I kind of had my postpartum nest in like another like above our garage. Like I kind of had to separate myself away from our family like during the yeah. days um, because it was loud and I had to work. But like I didn't want to work like around other people. And I don't know if you've been there before, but it's just, you know, it's a, it's an interesting place to be emotionally. And then one day and it was a little bit longer than it had been with the last few kids, but it was probably a good three months after like the baby was born, where I started kind of cleaning up that space. And I remember my mom was in town and she's like, Oh, she's like, are you done nesting? And it was the cutest thing ever. Cause I was just like, yeah, I think so. But nobody rushed me out of that space. Nobody said, Hey, clean up the, you know, clean up your breast pump parts that have you know been sitting on the counter for ages. It's just, it's such a, it's such an interesting thing when we give the space to feel it and get through it. Um, it's much healthier for the mother and the baby. Yeah,
1: I totally agree. And I, I loved you uh, going on with the metaphor. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's so true. We did actually have butterflies um, that we hatched. We got like one of those like kits, for lack of a better word. Yeah, and uh-huh. it was very cool to watch the butterflies emerge from their cocoon, and it was very much like birth. And of course, my mind is like, oh my gosh, it's just like birth. It's like kind of gross yeah. and graphic, but <laughs> I love it. Yeah, like. Yeah, 100%. Um, and another thing that came to mind is, since I am in this, and maybe you can relate, and I talk about this mm-hmm. every day, it is more normal to me, and sometimes I lose um, the perspective of an everyday person that doesn't do this for a living, um, mm-hmm. and, and how the word postpartum, how that lands with someone, and how it is usually tied to postpartum depression, I realized that when I was doing research for my postpartum course and we were, like, trying to figure out what we were going to name it. And I couldn't think of anything other than the postpartum course, but my biggest hesitation with calling it that was the fact that every time that I would do, you know, research or keyword keyword research, postpartum depression would always come up. And I'm like, these are very different things. Postpartum depression Mm -hmm. is a whole thing unto itself. Like, it is it is a mood disorder it is important it deserves a lot of like respect and airtime on its own but d- but postpartum mm-hmm. that's a that's a whole season that every single parent goes through like that that's all like it's much bigger than that like they're two different things yeah. so i just found it to be interesting whenever i realize that
0: yeah and it, but it just shows that like, you're almost like, we're almost making the term postpartum, you know, this, this clinical thing. And like you said, every single person goes through it and every single person has to wade their, wade, you know, themselves through it at some point. yeah Talk to me a little bit about like, in terms of your courses and your community and things that you've built, um, what interests you the most in terms of like, where we place attention in the United States versus where we should and things like that. Mm. Sorry, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Like, like, what would you change? Like, where, like, where do you think given opportunity, how can we make it better and easier in those, in that like transition from others?
1: I don't mind being put on the spot as well. And I love this question. (laughs) It's, it's a really important (laughs) question. So that's why I'm kind of pausing when I think about my answer, because I want to give it as much weight as it deserves. So my initial thought is um, the resources. I mean, and this isn't going to be a shocker coming from me, who I call everything (laughs) I do, finding your village. And I put an emphasis on the village. And so uh, to me, I think that's the biggest thing that's lacking, is that we don't have that kind of quote unquote village. And so I envision people finding their own village, whether mm-hmm. it be people in person or virtual. And mm-hmm. when I started Finding Your Village, it started out as my podcast. Mm-hmm. And this was, <laughs> I launched it in February of 2020. So literally right before the pandemic. So I mm-hmm. didn't envision the need for virtual support at all <laughs> as we mm-hmm. really have needed it the last two years. And so to me, it's it includes it includes all of that in-person support, virtual support, um, but the things that we're lacking in this country is not only like the support, but the Mm -hmm. education about what support is out there. I did a podcast episode um, on my show a couple months ago um, with a woman, uh, Leslie Abraham. She is originally from France. She lives in the United States right now. And um, she is a osteopath and she talked about and i mean like i didn't even know what an osteopath was before i spoke to her and she talked about all of these resources that are available to women in france and the noted and and the difference that she's noticed about the support that women and birthing people get in the united states versus in france and i'm like in france it's just included it's like what you expect mm-hmm. of like you're gonna go see a pelvic floor pt you're gonna see an osteopath you're gonna go get massages you're gonna get these things done to help rehabilitate your body from pregnancy and from birth Mm -hmm. and then mental health as well rehabilitation if needed because that seems very reasonable to do and likely that you might need some support in that area and so that's just a really big area is not only the people but like the Mm -hmm. education the fact that we don't even know that it's a thing yeah
0: and it's so crazy because when you don't educate it's almost like if you want it, you feel like you shouldn't be wanting it because it's not Mm. commonplace. Like, you know, like it's not, it's not like if you don't teach somebody that it's okay to want this or it's not like, I know some of the most powerful moments I've had leading this, company have been when I've been vulnerable myself and I've said hey you know what this is really hard and somebody said I wasn't even I didn't even know I was allowed to say it's hard you know I just had this beautiful birth with this beautiful baby like am I allowed to say that this is hard you know where my friend had a c-section that was unplanned or something like that like and if you don't I feel like point out the fact that you know it, it it deserves attention. And, you know, there are changes that are happening physically and mentally within your body. Um, you know, in our society, it's almost like, Hey, you had a baby. That's great. Um, you know, go back to work and, um, you know, let's just keep moving on as a country. And it's just a completely broken system, um, that I definitely think needs some change and some things addressed for sure.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, when you ask the question, like that's my, that's my immediate thought. That's my initial mm-hmm. gut reaction, um, especially because that's centered around the things that I do every day. But there, there's a lot that I would add to that as well. Um, yeah. Just talking about you know the system that's broken, um, and talking about like your example of of processing a birth and then where that kind of intersects with work. And going back into the workplace, I mean, that whole thing is just broken and, and crushed into a million little pieces. Like, it is it is so Absolutely. bad. And that's, I mean, uh-huh. alluding to my really long story of leaving corporate America after my second yeah. was born. I mean, that all, that's all tied back to it and what I experienced yeah. firsthand. And it was so bad that I was like, I don't care. I don't care about mm-hmm. everything I had tied up in my worth related to work which was a whole other thing Mm -hmm. I don't care about the money I don't care about the the blank spot on my resume like it is it was so impactful for me that I I could not care anymore I had to just move on and let it go
0: it's just so it's crazy you know I was looking at I'm writing a piece about the formula shortage right now. And we were talking about, you know, the answer is not breastfeeding. The answer is more formula as you and I have, have discussed. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, like there's a, there's a bill on the floor of the Senate that's going to miss a vote to protect salaried employees from pumping breaks, which they don't get right now. There's like 9 million breastfeeding mothers in the United States that are not protected to be able to pump away from their children right now. Like, And that's not a breastfeeding problem. That is like a respect for women and a respect for mother's problem. Um, So like you said, it's so incredibly broken. All right. I got another question for you. Go ahead. You ready? Yep. All right. How in kind of our society that is somehow as moms, we've gotten a little judgmental and competitive. How are you supposed to find a village? If the village is the answer and the community is the answer, How do you navigate finding that through the current channels that are available? Yeah, Um,
1: I definitely have an answer to that. And I've got like a little framework (laughs) that I always use when I answer this question. But first, I wanted to address the um, kind of the the mom judgment piece that you talked about, because I think that is a that is a giant symptom of how broken our system is, that we are like 100%. judging each other or that we we have this trauma response to think that things are black or white. Like that is straight up a trauma response. Like it, it's gray, it's all gray. <laughs> like yeah. there are no like this choice or that choice. Like there's a bunch of different choices and you can change your mind along the way, like totally allowed. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just have empathy for all the people that have gone through judgment that have been judged or who have judged and just like we need to start with self-compassion and forgiveness for doing that and then just do better like next the next minute and and then yeah. just remind ourselves that like anybody that judges us that mm-hmm. is their pain and their hurt coming out toward us it has nothing to do with mm-hmm. us so yeah. just it's just so hard because it's like it is it I, no
0: absolutely and it's so crazy because we run this crazy big community and it's so hard to watch all of the broken people try to interact with other broken people and like the because here's the deal like in the United States when we talk about everything that's broken getting help to realize those broken parts and to better yourself is expensive and it's hard and it's time consuming and we're not setting our moms up to be in a place where they can ask for help. They can find the mm-hmm. help. They can afford the help. And so therefore you're putting a whole bunch of broken people who are not feeling supported, who are overwhelmed together in a room and saying the answer is build a village. Yeah. But hold on. You guys are really too broken to really be interacting with each other. Right I know. Now. So like, it's, an, it's, it's a mess. I, I don't mean to be negative. No, I get but it. It's an absolute like, yeah. like snowball effect of how do you fix something yeah. that needs to be fixed like at its true inner core yeah you know um
1: to before I actually do give you that that framework um one (laughs) more aside. no I'm here for it but just to kind of preface it this week has been a very just a a um collectively really hard week and a horrible week Mm -hmm. um and to I think maybe get through um I have, we've been watching the, um, a movie on repeat as you do with little kids. We've watched the mm-hmm. uh, second Lego movie. And yeah. I keep thinking about I don't know if you've seen it, but at the end, um, not going to give any spoilers, but they change the song <laughs> of Everything is Awesome to Everything's Not Awesome. And okay. they talk about yep. this whole like reprise of like, even when things are really crappy and not awesome, mm-hmm. like you can still basically find the next right thing to do. Mm -hmm. and that has been playing in my mind and I've been thinking about that just to get me through and to and to think about Mm -hmm. what is the next right thing I can do and so I think about this in um what you just teed up of like we're a bunch of broken people we have you know our hearts are in the right spot of like wanting to get this right and like wanting to support each other Mm -hmm. but then our crappy you know beads of our in our entity kind of spill out on each other and bump into other people's mm-hmm. beads and it becomes a giant mess um, when we really sought out to support each other and hold space for each other in the first place. And so that's why I think of how you find a village is really in, in three ways. And so I look at um, two types of external resources first. And so the, the first kind of external resource are like people. So um, these are like friends and family who you immediately think of, but then resources of people that are um, service providers or even medical providers. So like your pediatrician can be part of your village, your pelvic floor, Uh, sorry, your pelvic floor physical therapist can be part of your village. Your lactation uh, counselor or your lactation consultant, your doula or postpartum doula. So all of these, your childbirth educator can all be part of your village. And these are people that even though you're hiring them um, and you're seeking them out and you're doing a Google search or you're searching in your insurance to find these people, they can still absolutely be part of your village that can help support you. In addition to kind of that older stereotypical idea of a village um, surrounding a new family to help you bring up this baby of like friends, family, aunt, uncles, that Mm -hmm. type of thing. So that's one type of external resource. Another type of external resource is a podcast. A podcast, Mm -hmm. a book, articles, blogs, a course, anything where you can learn information and like glean what helps you and leave the rest. I think that is another element, another resource that you can have in your toolkit that actually helps you build that village. Um, And that can kind of go hand in hand with those people resources, right? So like maybe you have a mother-in-law that you don't always get along with, but like she loves your children and loves you. And you know, you might not agree on everything and you might not agree with the way that she says to do things, but she's still there for you and a supportive resource. And then you can read a book about boundaries. That can be part of your village about a a boundary hub with your mother-in-law. And so the two together, you know, kind of make it work. Um, And then the third part of it is um, internal resources. So this is where we do the work to show up better for ourselves, for our kids, for each other and support each other. And so that is, you know, um, internal resources that you can gain through hiring an external resource like a therapist. But then there's stuff you do on your own. And so it's stuff like validating yourself. That can be part of your internal resource of like if you're not, if you're feeling like no one's validating you for the amount of work that you're doing or how long and how much energy it takes for you to pump at work. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you're not getting that validation, from the outside, which you're probably not, if you live in the United States, then you can validate yourself, and there is work that you can do to do that. Um, there, of course, is like healing work that you can do to heal from trauma or to heal from adverse childhood childhood events, um, and, and there's work you can do to process, you know, like pain and suffering that we go through every day, just living as a as a cost of just mm-hmm. being on planet Earth and living, so that we can integrate into our our best whole version of ourselves so that again we can show up, we
0: can
1: hold space for other people, not be on the defensive, not be living in our kind of on our
0: at our lowest frequency and less integrated self. I love that. I mean those are some ideas that like I had never thought of. Um, You know, definitely thought of doing the work yourself. Um, you know reading the books finding connection through podcasts um, but it, it 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 puts some of that responsibility back I think internally on ourselves to try and find um, I don't know more of that self worth and that self healing as opposed to um, you know find it externally with others as well which yeah. is a really really you know interesting I'm gonna have to mull it over a little bit but I like sure. it yeah. um, you know anything that gives I feel like hope that we're not always going to be feeling this way or going this way because i think it's it's a process you know yeah. and i think that that's one of the biggest takeaways that i know i've learned and I've taught people within our community is that most things do have a stage and most things have a season yeah. and if we can just keep moving forward um things do get get better and um, things do change yeah and I did uh, want to
1: just clarify that Mm -hmm. when i talk about these internal resources i by no means am saying like it's all on you and if you don't have a village then you're just Mm -hmm. gonna have to figure it out and be your own you know independent woman that's not what i mean by this i mean like truly what we talked about of having radical acceptance for what's going on because if you're just kind of Mm -hmm. fighting against that it creates kind of a blockage and that just kind of adds to it, not alleviate it. And so if you can do your own work, if you can um, accept things as they are and then still find some type of hope in that, it it really does make things better for you overall. But I just don't want people thinking that I'm saying like, this is on you and you just need to figure it out. Because yeah. that's not, that's actually the opposite of
0: what I would hope. Of what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. So I love your thoughts. I think that they're a little different than normally what we put out there, which I love. uh, But I think we're both still saying exactly the same thing. Where can people find you? And tell us a little bit more about how they can get kind of linked up with your, your village and your community that you're building. Sure.
1: So people can find me at Finding Your Village. That's the name of my podcast. That's where I'm at on TikTok, on Instagram. That's also my website. Uh, findingyourvillage.com and I have a postpartum course that is available now that you can find on my website Um, the direct website is a partnership that I have started with another friend who's a postpartum doula and a pediatric sleep consultant and we've started a partnership called Pregnancy to Preschool where we hope to support parents from Pregnancy to Preschool so you can go to pregnancytopreschool.net and find that directly or you can just check out Finding Your Village
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks.